0: buttercup, yeah. Buttercup. JudgeCast. This is episode number 68 with me. Oh, wait. I'm CJ Uh Schrader. Actually introduced myself this time with me, as always, Brian Pilliman. Hey, you know what next episode's gonna be? (laughs) Jess was unable to uh, join us this episode, so we have a return guest calling in Uh live from his phone, which would be the only way to call in. We have the regional coordinator of the Southeast, Justin Turner.
1: Yeah, hi. You have no idea how hard it was for me to be quiet for 10 seconds for your bumper music.
0: That's not, no, that's not for the Bumper music. It's so I can isolate noise and then remove it. So I'll just. Uh, yeah, I don't track. understand
2: your. Uh, I know. I don't understand your really? X Files stuff. If you if you want to if you want to get a sample of noise so that you can remove it, Turner really needs to be talking.
0: Yeah, like a lot more. <laughs> right. We'll oh, I have no problem with that. <laughs> I mean, do you really think the editing goes like I have to I have to have silences at certain spots so I can put in tracks? Like, <laughs> there's no other way to do it.
1: I'm sitting here and I'm just imagining you like the lone gunman from the X Files. <sighs> Like you're in a trailer and you have a bunch of satellite dishes.
0: Don't get me started on the X-Files right now. I've been watching it (laughs) from the start. All right, let's dive right into our news real quick. We have... Uh, another new level three judge, Jason Wong.
2: Yay, Canada. Hey Jason.
0: Yeah. Canada. Congrats, Jason.
1: Congratulations. Good job, Jason Wong. Jason Clever on
2: Facebook. Yeah, yes. I noticed that. Why does he go by clever on Facebook?
1: Well, I don't know. We actually had a thread in like the L3 study group, like, who's Jason Clever? Yeah. I don't know who this guy is. Scott Marshall's like, oh, I it's see- newly minted L three, Jason Wong. I'm like, oh, it seems like his I name should be Jason Wong.
0: An airplane? Yeah, that's something. I don't oh, know. Oh man, this is going to be a fun show. It's, yeah. like, it's
2: like drive to work, but bringing you all the best from Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Turner's driving out of out of the uh out of the 7-Eleven. You know what that means? Uh, it's actually a Wawa.
0: Okay, oh, I'm pulling sorry. out the Wawa. You know what that means? Pulling
2: out the Wawa. It means I'm smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Uh, All right. That's absolutely, what it means.
0: Yeah. See, exactly what that that what just happened with him messing up. That's going to happen a lot, but it'll be okay. So our main topic for this episode is uh since people are still talking about Modern Masters, particularly. And with Vegas TV. is
2: coming up this weekend. Vegas yes. coming up. What
0: was the last? What was the last pre-read you heard?
2: Nine billion. Oh, wow. That's. Uh, last one I actually like, heard was like, like thirty-two thousand. Thirty-two hundred. Sorry. Thirty-two thousand. Yeah. Whatever. More. Whatever. <laughs> thirty-two. Thirty-two hundred. It's so many that they just put out the announcement that they are closing, they are not having registration on Saturday morning. So it's pre-register or register by 8pm on site on Friday but none of this coming in Saturday morning and, and wanting to register. So... That's real dramatic. Tell, tell tell your friends if you're hearing this podcast before GP Vegas, before 8pm on Friday.
0: I don't think they're going to hear that before GP Vegas.
2: Uh, I don't know. CJ's actually really good about getting this thing up and out two days
0: yeah I'm gonna to try to because so the whole point is uh, one thing we want to cover here is the the uh, keyword mechanics in modern masters. So ideally this will be out before GP Vegas
2: sweet and hopefully people will listen to
0: it before GP Vegas. Well that's up to them. My job's only to get it out first. yes. Okay, but before we dive into the abilities uh, in Modern Masters, I think it would behoove us to talk about the steps to casting a spell. Because a lot of these abilities actually fall into the steps to casting a spell. And we're not going to go too deep into this. If if you really, really, really want to hear about casting a spell, we have an episode in the archive called... Um, Slowest Bolt ever, so go find that one. That's where the old hosts talk about casting a spell, but everything they say is still relevant today. Is it, We should probably redo... We will one day. Yeah, we God.
2: do. Even slower Bolt ever. <laughs> yes. Like a Rift Bolt? Yeah. This, board, this yes. Bolt's a sorcery. This is... Yes.
0: All right, so somebody briefly go over how do we cast a spell.
1: Uh, Okay, well, we're going to announce it and put on the stack, step one. Cool. Step two, where most of these abilities fall, yeah. is where we choose... Choose kind of like some of the choices that we have to make with a spell. We're going to choose modes, we're going to choose alternative costs like Evoke, we're going to choose additional costs like Kicker or Del, uh, we're going to choose what kind of hybrid mana we want to use, things like that. That's what's step two.
0: We also reveal cards for splice.
1: For reveal cards for splice, sure, and you're yeah. going to decide that you are splicing. Um, step three is going to be any kind of targets. We're going to do those. Uh, step four, we're going to choose how to distribute the effects of a spell. One card in modern magic that uses that is incremental growth yeah so if you're gonna catch your incremental growth step four is where you choose which creature Trigger gets one, two, or three counters. Uh, step five, we are going to total the costs and we're going to lock them in. So any of those additional costs that we chose, any kind of cost reductions from Ethereum Sculptor and other Modern Masters common are going to apply here in the order of addition, subtraction, set. Uh, I don't think there are any setting effects in Modern Masters. So that's not really relevant. Uh, step six, we're going to activate mana abilities, and then step seven, we're going to pay all costs in any order, and then the spell is successfully cast. Things that trigger upon the spell being successfully cast will trigger at this time. Look at that.
2: Wow. And the man is driving yep. and smoking a cigarette and probably drinking a Four Loco.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, it's actually a Coca-Cola, but you know, I thought so. Okay.
2: Right. <laughs> Okay.
0: Um, so the only thing I want to add to that, to that beautiful explanation about casting a spell, is that even though you choose to pay a different co- uh, pay additional costs in the, uh, the choices step, you don't actually pay them until the final step, which is what Turner, or Justin, was saying when he said, you know, pay them in any order.
1: My mom called me that. Justin? Yeah. <laughs> so does Andy, as it turns out. Like, on any RC email, I always sign them Turner, and he's like, Hey, Justin, I'm like, you do this to me on purpose.
0: <laughs> so... <laughs> (laughs) Another thing that's coming up a lot is going to or is about to come up a lot when we start talking about these abilities is the differences between additional costs and alternative costs. Brian. Yes. Yeah. Can you tell me how? How do you tell like what's an additional cost and what's an alternative cost?
2: Well, additional costs are things that normally when it says uh, uh, as an additional cost, do so and so and such and such. Uh, for example, kicker and twine, those kind of things. Uh, an additional cost, or sorry, those are additional costs. Uh, the uh, the alternate cost is something that you can pay. You know, sorry, additional costs. You pay the normal cost and then you pay more extra. Uh, Alternate costs are something that you pay instead of the regular mana cost. Uh, However, you can also still pay additional costs. So you can pay as many additional costs as you want. But if you're given the option of paying an alternate cost, you can only pick one alternate cost. You can't mix and match those.
0: So if I have something in my graveyard with both flashback and evoke, I can only flashback it. I don't know why I would want to evoke it, but the point is. (laughs) Correct. Yeah,
2: you can't be like, oh, well, I'm going to start to flash it back. And then once it's on the stack, I'm going to decide to pay the the evoke cost. No.
1: Yeah. Well, the other classic example is like if you have force of Will in your graveyard, like you can't Snapcaster it and then exile a blue card and pay a life.
0: That's a much better example you know i know all right let's dive in you guys ready you guys excited yeah yes. do it there's like 20 really abilities but i think a lot of these were kind of gonna zoom through i mean it's not like any of them are new abilities but still there's so many i i actually just drafted this set for hey, the first time the other day if
2: you didn't if you didn't play Lorwyn block most of these are new to you yeah there oh,
0: there's a few in here i never played with like suspend and all that but anyway but let's start off with the uh the ability that is all other abilities kicker kicker is like yes. the easiest ability in the world and and almost every ability that is an additional cost could have probably just been Kicker, but they're not. Right. So uh I have an example card here. Sentinel, Pretty much. Sitano Citano.
1: Citano World Readers. Yeah, but it shouldn't be Citano World Readers.
2: Citano. Citano. It's Porculus. Porculus. All right. It's Wood Readers.
1: Sentinel, because like Citadel and then Citano.
0: Citano. S-
2: Sit, sit, like citadel, sit, man, like a castle. Sit, anal, sit, an sit, sit, All right, Sinanol. They cost
0: two in Sita- a green, and they have a kicker of we two in green. We can all agree that the second word is. It's definitely wood readers. We're all. Or it could be Woe Audrey. Yeah,
2: we're all on that. Wo dreaders. Wo
0: dreaders. Okay, okay, come on. Kickers should have been our fastest one. Okay, no. <laughs> they have a kicker of two in a green, and they say when sentinel woodread wood readers <laughs> enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, draw two cards. Uh, kicker. Is like the easiest thing in the world. It's it's like we already said. And in the step two of casting the spell, you just decide you want to pay this additional cost.
2: In in in, in, in modern masters, there's only three cards that uh, have kicker, um, and all of them do something snazzy. Uh, two of them are creatures that do something when they enter pl- Uh, when they enter the battlefield, they go if kick, uh, and uh, do something. Uh, same thing with the spell, but it actually gains split second which is another ability that we'll be talking about later. So uh, if, an abil- if the card asks whether or not it has been kicked, Really? That's pretty intuitive. Was the kicker cost paid? Or was the kicker additional cost paid?
0: And we, we should mention that um whether or not something was kicked is a copyable value. So if you, if you um not with the wood readers, but if you copy a uh, kicked instant on the stack, your copy yes. is also kicked.
2: Yes. All additional costs are copyable. Yes. Copy. All
0: right. And speaking of basically just like kicker, we have Entwine. So I have an example card for Entwine. We got tooth and nail. Choose one. Search your library for up to two creature cards. Reveal them. Put them into your hand. And then shuffle your library or put up to two creature cards from your hand onto the battlefield. And with an entwined cost of two, you can choose both. Yes. Yeah, something
1: important I think to mention about entwine is when you do entwine the spell, you still follow the directions and the order they are written on the spell. Yes. You can't do the second effect first.
0: Yep, that's basically it. Beyond that, it works just like Kicker. It's an additional cost. I think that's important. I think that's important
2: too. It is. It's mostly uh, pretty much important on Tooth and Nail. I think on the other cards, it doesn't matter so much which one you do first. The but for tooth and nail, it definitely does. All right.
0: Retrace. My example card is Worm Harvest, which costs two and then some hybrids. This is a put a 1-1 black and green warm Creature token onto the battlefield for each land card in your graveyard. So, Retrace is an additional cost that lets you cast the card from your graveyard if you play, uh, if you discard a land card in addition to paying its complete mana cost.
1: So, I guess there's not really anything entirely relevant in Modern Masters about Retrace other than uh, uh, Worm Wormers. Harvest being that it counts the land that you put when you do it the first time.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's why I used uh, Warm Harvest as the example card. Again, I wasn't here for that, man. I know, right. but they don't know that. And
2: if you didn't right. say it. Because it's in the graveyard when the spell resolves. Cracked. Yeah, you want to get that going with Dakmore
0: Salvage? Oh, yeah. I want to like dredge it up. feel like a real winner. I I don't, this is getting deeper, but the thing I don't understand about retrace is if the first step of putting a, of casting a spell is putting it on the stack, and the second step is to choose uh, the additional costs, how does retrace even work? Because you're kind of casting it from your graveyard before you've even chosen to retrace it. Reconcile this, Turner. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you Because you're utilizing an ability that allows you to cast it from a zone that's not your hand, you can still begin to cast the spell by taking it from the zone that it
0: could have been cast in and doing so. I guess that's true, because that's how flashbacks is. Same way actually. Indeed. Okay. Alright. Hey, let's talk about splice onto arcane slash arcane itself. So
2: let's start with arcane. What is arcane? What does that mean?
1: Pretty it's much really... nothing. It's a, yeah. it's a subtype.
2: Yeah. It's like gate, right? Yeah. yeah. It has for, no real maze. Maze. trap. Yeah. Trap. Uh Dragon. lair.
1: Meet me in the trap. It's going down. Yeah. Dragon. So
2: really it's just it's just a hook that they can use for splice onto arcane. Pretty much, yeah. 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 So what what splice onto arcane means? is uh, <laughs> basically for an additional cost, and two examples of that would be Glacial Ray and Dampened Thoughts, and both of them have an ability to splice onto Arcane and then a cost. What that means is uh, you can pay the cost uh, and then if you do, you can basically add the text of the card to whatever, to the arcane spell that you're casting. So if I were to ca- say, oh, cast Glacial Ray, I could then during the make choices portion of casting the spell, reveal Dampen Thoughts and basically say, I'm going to splice Dampen Thoughts onto my Glacial Ray. You're going, you add the text for Dampen Thoughts onto Glacial Ray, okay? And then on when it the comes bottom. time to pay costs, you're going to, yeah, on the bottom, um, you're then then, now oh, you all got me all distracted. Then, when it comes time to pay costs, you have to pay whatever uh, the splice onto arcane cost is. Dampen Thoughts is going to stay in your hand, uh, and so you get to cast it again later. So it's kind of a, a neat little effect. Uh, you're changing yeah. the characteristics of the spell. This is also something that's copyable. Uh, you can splice multiple cards onto your arcane spell. So if you've got three uh, dampen Thoughts that you really want to splice onto your dama's reach go for it you just yes. reveal all three all three of them uh and choose the order that you're going to stack them granted in a damp and case they're all the same but if you have like glacial ray in there you can order uh,
1: here's a rules question for you you guys are studying for level three so you reveal your your splice card in step two how long does it stay revealed
0: you know, I, I was thinking about that when I was writing up the show notes. I mean, I think it must stay revealed until the spell is cast. Well, you if you're it? revealing, yeah, yeah, cool, hooray! Yeah, and then the splice cost is actually just an additional cost. Um, I think most people get this intuitively, but you know, if I cast Dampen Thought targeting Brian, and then I yeah. splice Glacial Ray onto it, technically the text Glacial Ray deals two damage to target creature or player is added to Dampen Thought, but whenever a card says its own name, it just means this card. So yeah,
1: so now if, it says Dampen Thought. Yeah,
0: it's not like if you do something like prevent all damage from a uh, card with name, dampened thought, it wouldn't stop the glacial ray part. It still stops the glacial ray part.
2: And and you know that that, that color indicator... Thing yep. got rid of one of my favoriteest rules questions ever. Old well, uh, Evermind Glacial Ray. The old Evermind Glacial yeah. Ray, because Evermind had the rules text on it. Evermind is blue, so you could actually turn Glacial Ray into a blue spell before you got before you got to the declare targets point and cast it on things with pro pro red because it's not red, it's blue. But you can't do yeah. that anymore because color indicator <laughs> that that. That ability got uh, uh, whacked from Glacial, yep. uh, from Evermind. Uh, Evermind. Right. Yeah.
1: last thing, I guess, is just kind of like going back to Entwine, same thing. Because the splice text is appended to the bottom of the spells text, you still are going to follow it in order. So if you have a Glacial Ray with a Damanthas splice on it, it's going to deal two and then mill four. Right. Not the other way around. Yeah. You can't choose what order it happens.
0: Yeah. Alright, let's delve into our next ability. Uh, ah. Let's... it's Delve. Aww. It was Delve, guys. Oh, you. Alright, so we yeah. got a Logic knot here is my example card, which costs X blue blue, and it has delve. And we'll talk about that in a second. It says counter target spell unless its controller pays X. What's delve? Okay. Delve so, is an
1: Del- additional cost that sets up a cost restrict cost reduction.
2: So one of one of the the neat things about delve is so you're gonna you're gonna announce. Uh, or make the choice of how many cards you're going to exile, okay, and and what those cards that you're going to exile are during the casting of the spell, and then when it comes time to pay the cost for the spell, you're actually going to uh, exile those cards. Now between those two points, there's really no opportunity for a player to receive priority, so there is no oh well, I'm going to remove oh you're choosing that card to delve, well I'm going to remove that from your your graveyard, or I'm going to hit you with a, a a Tormod's Crypt or something like that and. Get rid of the cards out of your, your graveyard. No, you can't do that. You don't get priority uh, at any point in between those two things. So, sorry. Sorry. So, to be clear, because we never actually said it, uh, Delve is an
0: ability that lets you exile cards from your graveyard to reduce the cost of the spell you're casting by one for each card exiled.
1: By one colorless, yeah. By
0: one colorless. <clears throat> so, how does that work with this X spell in Logic Knot?
1: Well, uh, I'll actually go into what I was actually going to bring up was the way that you do it on Moto, because I blew myself out with it earlier today, drafting that card, and is you, you choose X when you cast the spell. Right. So you say, I want my logic not X to be 5. And then it, then it says how many cards do you want to exile? So then you say, I want to exile 3. Then when you get to paying it, you exile your 3 cards and you pay 4. Total. You know, it yeah, it's 4 total. 2 and 2 blue. So the thing is on Moto, and I don't know if it's relevant for the, for really the the intended audience of judge cast, but... Doesn't matter. After you click your X, it'll ask you how many you want X to be, then it'll say... X exile cards for delve cancel or okay don't hit cancel because then it cancels you casting the whole spell and you get blown out and your mana is still tapped (laughs) what well if you if you tap your mana before you cast like if you tap four and then try to delve it for you know x equals three or whatever and you hit cancel on the exile part it just cancels the spell and doesn't let you untap your lands
2: really yeah i thought you could always untap your lands on on like if you just tap them without using them you can untap your lands on moto
0: not if
1: so that, uh, it's or not stuff. if you do something like yeah. just like i tap your lands then i added something to the stack once i do that i can't untap them even though the thing from the stack is getting canceled and going back in my hand i can't untap my lands again
2: oh well
1: yeah and then like the spell resolved i was real sad it was bad times <laughs> then i tapped myself out it was real bad <laughs>
0: was embarrassing really
1: it really was like don't don't ever like that's why i'll never stream moto like
0: people watch me it would just be real bad <laughs> All right, let's move into our alternative right. cost section. Let's, let's start with Evoke. Aether oh, Snipe, five and a blue. When I, when Aether Snipe enters the battlefield, return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. <gasps> Evoke for one blue blue. What does that mean?
1: All right, Uh, so Evoke is basically always going to be found on creatures that have entered the battlefield abilities. Evoke is essentially an alternative cost that allows you to play the creature for a cheaper amount with the caveat that as soon as, if you pay the Evoke cost, a trigger goes onto the stack uh, along with the comes into play ability... So saying that the evoked creature's controller sacrifices it. So, say you, you want to cash yeah. your Ether Snipe, you want to evoke it, you pay your one blue-blue, Ether Snipe's going to come in, those two triggered abilities go on the stack, you can choose what order they go in, it doesn't really matter, you're going to bounce something and then it's going to be sacrificed. Now, because it says yeah. creature's controller sacrifices it, if someone steals it from you at instant speed with that sacrifice trigger still on the stack, it's still going to die. So, like, if you Vidalkin shackles it at instant speed, bad beats, your thing is going to die.
0: Yep, yeah, the, the only thing- i want to add it or you may have even said this that evoke is an alternative casting cost and yes. uh, you still have to pay any additional casting costs i don't think there's anything in modern masters but thalia is a good example right well, you know,
1: evokes you... on creatures so
0: oh <laughs> good call yeah. whatever point is yeah that, you know that artifact you know what it, that five four lodestone goal yeah him it's a 5G. five three for four, four. Yeah. anyway you don't play this game do you not much no okay all uh, right geez all right yeah no you nailed you nailed a vogue that's good word i feel like i had more to say about it but nope let's I talk about coordinated <laughs> you
2: did wow let's talk about prowl prowl oh, i love a prowl all right other I'm than being a really a- awesome transformer right. uh or
1: essentially my friday night activity <laughs> Brian, what is Prowl?
0: Okay. I want your definition of prowl. prowl, not turner's definition of prowl.
2: Okay. okay. Prowl is an alternate, an alternate cost. Okay. So just like, just like evoke, it is an alternate cost. However, uh, you can only use it when you have dealt combat damage to a player. This, uh, this turn with a creature that has types similar to the prowl card itself. Like, not similar.
0: similar. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, if, sorry. If I have a wizard, it's I can play a shaman. <laughs>
2: no, 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 no. <laughs> Like if I have a fairy rogue, okay. Uh, uh, I could, I could prowl, uh, uh, let's see here. A rogue goblin, if a rogue goblin or a, a fairy fairy. Why don't we just say shares
1: one or more creature types?
2: Yes. Shares one of flying.
1: Coat of arms style. Yes.
2: Could I prowl All right. fairy Continue. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, if you, if you lost control of the creature, so you attack with a, uh, you attack with a goblin rogue, uh, and you have a a rogue with Prowl in your hand, and you later lose control. In that turn, you later lose control of your goblin rogue that did the smacking. Uh, you can still Prowl, and uh, if the creature gains all types later, but didn't share a type with the with the with the dude with Prowl in your hand at the time, it dealt the damage. You cannot use the Prowl cost.
1: Yeah, exactly. For the the game, game essentially is gonna say, did this event happen? Not did this creature do it? Yeah. Yeah. But did a did at some point in this turn something do combat damage that shares a type with this? Yes, no. Whatever happens yeah. after the fact doesn't matter. Yeah. The rest of the turn is a real whose line is it anyway. Yeah, okay. Uh,
0: yeah, all right. Move on. Well, the sure. points don't matter. But <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on. Types don't matter. I bet you were a big Wayne Brady fan. I really am. <laughs> Who couldn't? Who wasn't? Who wasn't? Who isn't? Yeah, true. I miss the Wayne Brady show every day. Oh, man. All right. Well, those are our two alternative costs. So now let's get into the other just crazy random abilities that are in Modern Masters. Oh. <gasps> basic okay. land cycling. I want to talk about this one. Do it. Okay. So all the cards of basic land cycling, they have a cost. It's a hipster cycling. You uh you pay. <laughs> you pay that cost and discard the card with basic land cycling and then you get to uh, search your library for any basic land and put it into your hand. Reveal it. Reveal it. You also reveal it. Yes, that's that's correct. This ability is an activated ability. So when you do that discard, it's you know obviously the ability goes on the stack, but it can't be countered by like a cancel or something because what you you have activated an ability. It could be countered by stifle or those things, but I don't think those things are in modern masters. They are not. Yeah.
1: Stifles before modern.
0: And then I don't know if people are like me, but I feel like when something says cycling, you should always end up drawing a card off of it. So I put a note here that you do not draw a card off of land cycling, sliver cycling, any kind of type cycling. I feel like they shouldn't have been called cycling. Yeah. Because to me, cycling is discarding a card and drawing a card.
1: Well, I mean, they had cycling in Onslaught and then they brought in creature based cycling and legions.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. Hey, then they modular. Brought her back in time spiral. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying. All right. I mean you're getting a card in your hand, but you're not on your the card. Hey, modular. Let's talk about Arcbound Ravager. That guy's no. All
2: right. Oh yeah, he eats some artifacts. He's an artifact creature. He is. Beast. Nom nom nom. So uh modular is uh it enters the it enters the battlefield with whatever its modular number is. So modular N, it's gonna enter the battlefield with N plus one plus one counters on it. Uh and then when it dies, you may put that many plus one, put it, all of its plus one, plus one counters on a target artifact creature. So, a few notes. That you uh, control. This does work. Yes. Those, uh, yes, that you yeah, control. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it doesn't say that in the uh, reminder text, though, but yes, it is only on yeah, creatures point. that you control. Um, so, a few notes. Uh, this does work with cards like Doubling Season, because when that counts as having counters being placed on it, when it enters the battlefield with counters, that counts as having counters placed on it. Um, then, when it dies, is uh you may uh the ability is a may trigger but it does target okay so you have to you have to target an artifact creature that you control if you have one uh but you don't have to put the counters on it if you don't want to for whatever reason and the age-old question of i have a my zero zero so i have my arcbound ravager with a single plus one plus one counter on it and someone gives it a minus one minus one counter okay so it's got it now a zero toughness uh uh does do i have counters to give like what happens to the counters did the counters explode can i modular off that counter and put it on something and the answer is cj
0: looks like you would be able to yes yes okay yeah, i actually never
2: thought about it i was like oh that's a good point
1: oh you can also okay. just stack ravager in response let's be real here
2: well there we, are other sure. Guys. there's other arc bound worker or whatever um so and the reason for that is when you check state-based actions so all state-based actions are checked at once okay right before before we go in and check state-based actions I have a creature with a plus one plus one counter on it and a minus one minus one counter on it after all state-based actions are checked the creature is dead in the graveyard because it had a zero toughness in addition to the the counters going poop but right before state-based actions are checked it has a plus one plus one counter on it so you have it has a plus one plus one counter to move
1: so so you're telling me that my arcburn ravager that is plus one plus one counter you put a minus one plus one counter it dies that trigger goes onto the stack so that the counter counters annihilate each other before the trigger resolves, it's still going to move a counter? What? Yeah. Well, like, it dies, the modular trigger goes onto the stack to move the counter over. Yeah. So, state-based actions are going to process before that trigger resolves.
2: No, the state-based actions had already, uh, processed to kill it. Like, that's... Also annihilated the counters, right? Yeah. That's... They all happen at the same time? Yeah,
1: at the So same if time. the counters are gone, how can it move them?
2: No, you get to put, you, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it for each it's not, it's counters, it's you put a plus one, plus one counter on the whatever creature for the plus one, plus one counters that it had on it when it died. Good call, Priloman. Yeah, obviously you okay. can't move the counters because it's dead. I knew, it's like, I knew what you were doing and you were like talking around and I was like, Wait, what is he? No, he's just trying to be intentionally confusing. Well, yeah, judge class. Judge class. All right, let's talk about sunburst. Like Justin it. Turner is my sunburst.
0: I am. So Sunburst of your heart. A card with a sunburst enters, if it's a creature, it enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each type of mana, a color of mana spent to cast it, and if it's a non-creature, it enters with a charge counter for each non, uh, for each color of mana spent to cast that card.
2: Mm-hmm. There was there was something weird about Sunburst with like if you're casting a creature with Sunburst and somehow it's going to come into play as a non-creature artifact or or Probably vice Maybe like versa. you
1: you're casting uh, Phyrexian Metamorph and choosing to copy
0: Pentad Prism. Is that? No, that, I mean that seems like you would just get charge counters, right? Like I don't see anything too weird about that.
1: Well, yeah, I'm just trying to give him an example for what he's talking about. I don't oh, know. Okay. No, yeah.
2: I'm just I'm just trying to think cuz it's like it's like okay, just bringing up the the rules for sunburst is really weird. Sunburst means if this object is entering the battlefield from the stack as a creature, it enters with plus one plus one counters. If the object is entering the battlefield from the from the stack and isn't entering the battlefield as a creature, it enters the battlefield with charge counters. That just seems really and I guess you kind of have to phrase it that way. You, you do, because that's the, the way connect.
0: it has to work. Okay, well, a couple things with Sunburst.
2: That's weird. Because, like, if you
1: have your metamorph come in as a pentad prism, you don't want it coming in with plus one, plus one counters on it.
0: Right. So weird. Anyway, a couple a couple other things with Sunburst. Um, I don't think there's any way to give it an additional cost in this format, but if you could, they count. You know, if you have a, a two-mana zero-zero Sunburst guy and you make it cost one more, you you get an opportunity to
2: add another yeah, color of like mana to it. Yeah, back, like, back in the day, uh, Fist, to suns makes everything cost. Uh, you can you can instead pay Wooberg for everything. Yeah. So if you if you cast your your whatever dude that normally costs only like two mana with Sunburst, or uh, uh, then it would get like the five plus one plus one counters because you paid Wooberg for your for your Sunburst guy.
0: Okay. And then uh, similar to that, if something costs a certain amount of mana and then you reduce the mana, well that's actually going to hurt the Sunburst. Like if something costs five and has Sunburst, and you have those guys out there reduce it cost by one. Reduce artifacts cost by one. Ethereum Sculptor. Ethereum Sculptor. Well, now you cannot You cannot choose to
2: not reduce it. And you can't choose so, to like, put extra mana into it. So my Arcbound Wanderer, if it goes from costing six to costing five, then the, the most counters I can well, get on it is only five?
1: That was always only five. Yeah, only I, five know, I know, I know.
0: Ha
2: Yes. It's joke. But
0: let's talk about Arcbound Wanderer. That's the next guy we're going to talk about. He has Affinity. Modular Sunburst. Not oh affinity. no. Oh, that's right. You're right. This guy has Modular Sunburst. Oh, this is this what, is. Oh. what does that mean? Oh, that that means. Uh, isn't this just Modular
1: Sunburst? It doesn't even have a number after Modular.
0: Right. There's no yeah. number. The modular so number is Sunburst.
1: The modular number is how many colors were spent to cast it. When it dies, it can move its counters. Yay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a weird one.
2: All right. Well, you know, Sunburst can be used to set a variable number for another ability. <laughs> the example Modular Sunburst. <laughs> So so it's like it's, sunburst. it's 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 algebra. Yes. Right. It's it's sunburst is a variable.
1: This is so boring right now. Shut up. Hey,
2: you want to talk up. about affinity. Let's, let's, let's talk about let's talk about your kids some more, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Well, yeah, that was my kids. Uh, awesome.
0: Interesting, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You okay. wanted gumballs. Hey, but let's jump over to talking the, uh, about algebra. Affinity, real quick, because Turner was talking about it.
1: Yeah, affinity's cool. So I, was, I got this I bro was mistakenly giving creatures that ability.
0: Yeah, this bro. I got this bro frogmite, and he costs four, and he has affinity for artifacts, <laughs> and he's a 2-2 and he's just chilling on like a robot branch. What's his deal? His deal
1: is for every artifact that you control, he's going to cost one less. So if you've got two artifacts out, Frogmite costs two. (laughs) So that that brings us to the classic judge question of you have, you know, Frogmite, you're trying to cast a Frogmite and you want to use one of those baubles from the eggs deck for one of the mana. And you want to know if you can double dip, if you can count the artifact as towards the affinity reduction, but also use the mana from the bauble artifact to help pay for it essentially getting a two for one the answer is you can because you lock in the cost in step five in step six when you would activate mana you're now free to get rid of that artifact because once you put the cost in and total it it's locked in and stays locked in until the spell is successfully cast
0: wow mind blower <laughs> I, I assume a bobble I don't know what that is but I guess it's something that taps and yeah, prices data for mana. Yeah.
1: yeah chromatic star chromatic sphere, all that kind of yeah. stuff Lotus oh okay pedal. yeah okay so for instance if you control a A black lotus and that's your own uh-oh. permanent. You can cast Frogmite with it.
2: Yes, because the cost is three because you control an artifact and then you activate your mana ability, which includes sacrificing the Black Lotus. The
0: only thing I want to add about affinity is it can it can apply for things that are not. It can apply, like there can be affinity for islands or affinity for anything. All the golems anything. and stuff. Yeah. yeah the but um, most of the time we don't see that and I don't think it's in Modern Masters at all.
1: No, they were but in America
0: and that was it. Infinity can be in anything. So, let's talk about Dredge and Brian Filmin since you are greater moss dog? Please tell us about greater moss dog.
2: Wow, tell us about your ability. Yes, tell Jeez. us about your ability. You have dredge three. But I so want to give this podcast an R rating right now. <laughs> <laughs> jackass.
1: <laughs> PG-13. You can really get away with a lot of PG-13.
2: Alright, so, uh, what this, what, what dredge is, is if if the card is in your graveyard, the, and it is a replacement effect that says, if you were to draw a card, you can instead mill yourself for whatever the dredge number is, okay, and take that card, like Greater Moss Dog, and put it into your hand, okay? If you don't, okay, draw a card. Now, uh, one of the things that you have to denote is if you do not have three cards in your library, okay, you cannot dredge. So if you only have two cards, you can't say, oh, well, I've got Greater Moss Dog, so I'm just going to protect myself for forever and just dredge it back every turn and then I never draw my cards, so I never never deck myself. No, you have to have, if it's dredge three, you have to have three cards in your library in order in order to dredge. Yeah. Yeah. With,
1: without, without getting off into a tangent about replacing effects. The other thing about Dredge is that it is a replacement effect that replaces a draw. So if you have another thing that's possibly going to give you a replacement effect that would replace your draw, something like Laboratory Maniac, if you draw a card and you don't have any cards in your library, you win the game. Or Words of War, instead of drawing a card, you can deal two damage or something, I think. If you have one of those abilities in play, you need to choose one of those to replace the draw. You can't choose more than one.
0: Yep. Yep. Let's talk about Echo. 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 Oh. Echo. Hey. So. All right. So she <laughs> can appreciate these these young kids
2: music. This Rihanna, Rihanna. is going on right now. <laughs> Okay, so Echo is uh, an ability that was on creature uh, was on cards uh, a while back and now reprint that allow you to basically pay for it over two turns, Uh, basically. So what happened is it has a card with an effect that's cheaper than normal. And then during uh, at the beginning of your your upkeep. Um, you pay the echo cost. You, you, you make another payment for the card. And if you can't, then you have to sacrifice it. Uh, so this is a triggered ability. It is not a cost for a spell. So reductions aren't going to uh, cost reductions aren't going to do anything for your echo. Um, and then whenever uh, uh, the creature basically changes controllers, you're going to have to pay the echo cost again because it's got this clause that says at the beginning of your upkeep, if this came under your control since the beginning of your last upkeep, Sacrifice it unless uh, you pay its echo cost. So if you steal somebody's thing, okay, and you, you want to keep it, you're gonna have to pay its echo cost during your upkeep. That one I think gets yeah. people every once in a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, most most of the steal stuff is, especially in like red, is you give it back at the end of the uh, you give it back at the end of turns, and they're like sorceries and stuff. So. Right. But even if it gets Trigger's instincts, you're gonna have to pay for it again, aren't you?
0: No, you give it back at the end of the turn. Right, yeah, but the original player has to pay for it. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. They do. They have to pay for it
0: again. Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
1: That's
2: a ball. Yeah, oh, that's that's a that's a kick.
0: Yeah, I don't think trader's right. instinct is in or any effect like that. There must be something like that in Modern Masters, but yeah. I haven't seen it. Oh,
2: yeah. It. Uh, so if I so if I steal your dude and smack you with it and then give it back to you, uh, you have to echo. You, you, have to, you have to echo again. Yeah. Oh, that, that's beats. That <laughs>
1: is. That's rough, especially cuz I think the only echo card in Modern Masters is like what are that? Deep Cavern Imp where the echo cost is discarding a card.
0: No, there's others. There's a there's a bro that like bounces there's a red guy that bounces the. Opponent's creature.
1: Oh, a Sting
2: Scourger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that
0: guy's sweet. I read that card like four times. I was like, "Bounces a creature." I was like, "This must be Planar
2: Chaos." Like, there's no explanation. Oh, no, that, that was Scourger. That was a future. That was a future. Future side or Planar 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 Chaos no, card. That no, had been Planar maybe. Chaos
0: with Bounce and Rage. Sting,
1: Sting Scourger? Yeah, I thought that Sting Scourger was from original. God, it was from Onslaught block. I thought.
0: If only there was a nah. way to find out. Sting Scourger is from Planar Chaos. So. Shit. <laughs> hey, hey. PG 13. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. So a kid-friendly show. Yeah. Sorry. And if you, if you look at, if you look at, like, on his on his little stick, he's got a, he's got a man of war on his stick.
1: He's doing his thing.
0: Yeah, it kind of is. It is a
2: man of war. It is a man of war on his stick. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> no way. That can't, maybe. That is totally a man I mean, it's a jellyfish. Anyway,
0: let's, that's weird. Uh, let's talk about domain. Domain is an ability word, which means it has no rules meaning at all. Why are we even talking about it then? Because I want to talk about it a little bit, okay? Just indulge all right. me. We can talk about it. All right, I will. So when something says domain what it means is it's about to care about how many basic land types you control among the lands you have so the example i have here is drag down for two and a black it says domain target creature gets minus one minus one until end of turn for each basic land type among lands you control so first off you can know you can tell it's an ability word because if you removed the word domain from this card it would do the exact same thing you know also it's in italics also it's in italics So like landfalls another Italian is one anyway sweet the only thing i want to add is it's it's looking at not the colors of mana you can produce but the actual basic land types you have. So your land does not have to be a basic land to have a basic land type like the the shocklands right now are a big example of ones that have uh, multiple basic land types without being basic lands. Uh, basically anything that is a swamp mountain island forest plains counts. So you could you could do this, you could have full domain with three shocklands down if you really wanted to.
2: Or that one isn't there that one green enchantment that gives all lands all uh, basic all, yeah, all basic types. Yeah. Yeah. You just I had the what one. It's called you just use of escape shift. Yeah. It's it's green with like the the, the star thing on the art. Yeah. Prismatic, omen. Right. Prismatic omen.
1: Yeah. All
2: right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh. oh. Question for you then Mr. Schrader because you're all about domain.
0: Oh I'm when when
1: when is that set. So like let's say I cast my drag down and then in response I'm able to at instant speed put a land type with a that I didn't control before onto the battlefield. Is it going to count that land for domain or
0: not. It will count. What? <laughs> it's evaluated when the spell resolves. What the land types you have are. That's crazy. That's three freaking crazy. Spe- yes. <laughs> suspend. Suspend. Suspend oh, is wild. I love suspend. I'm so bad. I had this dirkwood bailoth, he's what four green green, and he has suspend five for a green, and he's a five yeah. five. I was like on turn four against a guy and I was like, Oh, I have this dirkwood bayloth in my hand. Like Better suspend it. it <laughs> way late now though, it was in my opening hand. Oh that it. I was suspending. like turn one nothing, turn two nothing, turn three nothing. Uh anyway. So, so suspend, huh? Suspend.
1: Yeah. If you All could right. begin to cast this spell by playing it from your hand, so you may exile yes. it instead with X time counters on it. Where X is its suspend number. The suspend number. At the beginning of your upkeeper, I want you to, I
2: want to counterspell that.
1: Nope, it's a special sus- action. It does not use the what? stack.
2: What, what, what? But you just said that I gotta, if I could begin casting it, that means I got priority and stuff, right? Oh, you
1: do have priority. That you, you do have to have priority to use a special action, but yeah, priority I'm, doesn't take because a special action I'm doesn't use a
2: I'm beginning uh, to cast it. If you
1: show. could not begin to. Aww. Yes, it's, it's worded that way for very silly reasons, like uh, um, that's why you can't suspend a sorcery on your opponent's turn. Right. Stuff right. like that. You can't suspend that Dirkwood uh, bail on uh-huh. your opponent's turn.
2: Oh, uh, what if I cast Quicken, then I can I can. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you
1: had something like Teferi, then you could.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's very odd. So
1: then it removes the time counter
2: every upkeep. Here, here's a question. Here's a question. Here's a fun one. Oh boy! I forget. I forget to remove a counter from because this is this is Judge Cast. I forget oh, to yeah. remove Judges a counter now. from. Yes, I I forget to remove a counter from my suspend card. Sorry, is bro. That a, is that a? That means so clearly that's a missed trigger. Is that a detriment mm-hmm. trigger? No. no. No.
1: So you're generally going to want to be taking those
2: time counters off. Right. <laughs> And remember,
1: Whoa. because gee, while it's suspended, the spell is in exile, there aren't a whole lot of things that can deal or, you know, interact with the spell while it's being suspended. Um, in Modern Masters, I think you pretty much just have Rift Elemental, which allows you to remove a, a time counter from a suspended permit You have to give it plus two, plus oh. And, uh.
2: Rift Sweeper. Rift Sweeper.
0: Uh, Rift
1: Sweeper is not in Modern Masters.
0: Yes, he is, buddy. Is he? Yeah, buddy.
1: I've never seen it in Modern
0: Masters draft yet. When he enters the battlefield, choose to start a face up exiled card. Its owner shuffles it into his or her library.
1: Yeah, so you can power own a suspended card with that.
0: Which, just and then, a quick note, that is not a May. So if you right. have a suspended guy out and slay <laughs> that. You. Yeah, yeah. that's bad.
1: The right. other one's everybody's favorite, Greater Gargadon, which allows you to activate an ability while it's in exile to sacrifice something to remove time counters from it.
2: Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then let's hear when the last uh when the last suspend counter comes off you another may cast, trigger goes on the stack yes another trigger goes on the stack and you can respond to that trigger yep. uh but uh, when that trigger resolves you are able to, uh you cast the suspended card if you able. must
1: cast it able
2: yes you must cast it if able um if it's a and we'll, we'll touch on that just a little bit um if it's a creature it's going to get haste so it gets to attack um now so you must cast it if able now if there's something that requires additional costs you have to pay them if you want the spell so something that says so if you got folia that says you got to pay an additional one um for for a uh, for a non creature spell, and you are you suspended a uh, search for tomorrow. Search for tomorrow when it comes in, you've got to pay that additional one for Thalia. If you don't, uh, your spell is going to stay in exile with no time counters on it, and since it never forever because the thing that lets you cast. The cast the spell is the trigger that happens when you remove the last time counter. You've already removed it. It's got no time counters. No cast for you. Bad beats, bro. Yeah. Yes. The other
0: example I had is the if you have a rift bolt suspended, which is just a lightning bolt, basically. Um, when you cast it, you have to cast it, and if you're the only one with creatures on the board, well, oh, it could target players, can't it?
1: But it's a lightning yeah. bolt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But no. if everyone right. has X proof. Yeah. If everyone has X proof, <laughs> you have to target yourself.
2: Yeah. Um. Also, here here's one of the. So um, I guess you can you can choose not to uh, and I, I, don't, I don't remember if I said this. You can choose not to pay uh, uh, the additional cost. Like if if there is a Thalia out and you have to pay the additional one, even though you must ca- you must cast the spell if able, the game doesn't force you to activate the mana ability. So if for whatever reason you decide not to pay the extra one, uh, you can opt not to. But if you but if there isn't any of that stuff, you're going to have to cast the spell.
0: And then one deal with minor technicality is if it is a creature it does gain haste and for some reason it's not until into turn or anything like that it's until you lose control of it i don't know why
2: awkward but okay whatever yeah like i can't think of any so my dude my my creature comes into play with haste and then you steal it from me it can't attack me back on the turn that i well i'm active player
0: <laughs> whatever i'm just <laughs> i don't
2: podcast know podcast pros podcast pros yeah no i was pointing that out i was going down that path anyway All all right.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, the, the the real technicality that seems to really get judges on judge tests is that beginning wording of suspend. If you could begin to cast the spell by putting it on the stack from your hand, yeah. then you could suspend it. Like, yep.
0: suspend's just different because it's it's a special action. So it doesn't follow all the same rules that you would expect everything else to. It's not an ability or it's not like an activated ability. It's special.
1: Yep. At times, you can do it as special.
0: Yes. All right. Storm and Norm. Storm and Norman. Storm and Norman.
2: So, Great Storm job. is an ability. Yes. Storm is an ability that appears on such cards as Grape Shot. Grape Shot deals one damage to target creature or player, and it has Storm. Storm, uh, when you cast this spell, copy it for each spell cast before it this turn. Okay, you can choose new copies for, for the target. So that's... Uh, choose new
1: copies for the targets.
2: Yes, choose choose new targets for the copies. <laughs> yes, choose new copies for the targets, yes. Um, so what this, what this basically, what the wording is where it says uh, if you cast a bunch of of uh uh mana acceleration spells uh rituals and such and then you cast grape shot it's going to look back and say it's it's a triggered ability so when you cast grape shot storm's going to trigger and then when it resolves it's going to look back and see how many spells were cast before grape shot okay not how many spells were cast before the storm trigger resolved okay so if storm triggers on the stack a bunch more spells get cast those spells don't get counted in determining the storm count to make copies right It's
1: also important to note that that trigger is going to go onto the stack regardless if that spell gets countered.
2: Yes. Right. It's
1: in fact already on the stack.
2: Yes. So if you grape shot, grape shot happens, storm count on the stack, you go counterspell grape shot, well, storm's still going to happen and still going to copy.
1: But it's not going to count your counterspell. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a trigger, so you can counter it with Trickbind, which I think Trickbind and Void Slime are the only ways to counter it in modern. Neither of which are in Modern Masters.
0: All right, let's talk about Split Second.
2: Yeah, Inter- interrupts.
0: It's weird. Yeah, basically is. Yeah.
2: Makes my Makes my Greater Moss Dog heart. Uh, uh, <laughs> what? Precise. Yes. I ever need you to edit that out. So, uh, split second's great.
0: Split second's pretty sweet. So I got a little Crows and Grip here. Two and a green. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. And also it has split second. So I uh cast this targeting your black lotus. <laughs> what can you
2: do? Can you buy, counter buy, it?
1: Black lotus. No, you can't counter it because split second says you cannot activate abilities or add spells to the stack while a spell with split second is on the um, stack.
2: That that aren't That's mana it. abilities. So yeah, That could, aren't mana abilities. You can, so yeah, yeah, I guess you you can, can tap stack your, your lotus you could use the lotus yeah oh but normally like if you have like an engineered explosives yeah you can't uh, act- you can't activate it in response. Now, things things that you can do uh, uh, in respond to split second are special actions. So if you triggers. have uh, triggers, triggers will also, you know, things that trigger off of, you know, whenever a spell is cast or whenever your dude becomes the target of a spell or ability, these, those triggers are going to happen. Um, special actions, I guess they'll the, like morph, but there's no morph cards in Modern Masters. Yeah,
0: there's actually, you could also suspend an instant, Sus- but there's suspend no an instant. instance with suspended in Modern Masters either. Right. 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 But you could.
1: I don't even know if there are any instances with suspend.
0: Oh, I, you know, I didn't even check. I only checked Modern Masters. I
2: can't think of one. But anyway, continue.
0: But Yeah, I think the biggest one there
2: is that triggered abilities will still trigger. Yeah. I, I think that's the one people need to remember. Well, for Modern Masters, but just in general. Yeah. You, you can you can flip cards up with morph. Uh, you can you can suspend instance. So. Yeah. And you can activate your Black Lotus to avoid it dying to uh, the Crescent Grip. I think it's a strong play. It is seems prime. like it.
0: Hey, Persist. I like it. I like Persist. I mean, I like Undying better, I guess.
1: But Yeah, me too. I like my away. guys to get bigger instead of smaller.
0: Yeah. Murderous Red Cap for two and then some colors. When Murderous Red Cap That's enters it. the battlefield, it deals damage equal to its power to target creature or player, and it has Persist. Sweet. So Persist means that uh, when it dies, it's going to come back on... If it had no minus one, minus one counters on it, it's going to come back to the battlefield under its owner's control with a minus one, minus one counter on it.
2: And Sweet. and this kind of is the, the same thing where... So if it's got a minus one minus one counter on it, so my murder's red cap is a is a two one, two one. with a with a uh, with a minus one minus one counter on it, and I actually that's not going to work. Yeah, you want to yeah, like, make yeah, yeah, the dying situation happen? Yeah, I was gonna the whole dying thing, and then I was just like, wait, hey, yeah. just I can hold a off on that. We will we will you discuss can die that during die with plus one plus one counters,
0: damn.
2: <laughs> yeah, one
0: plus one counters that'll kill it. So it is entering with the minus one minus one counter. So like for murder's red Crap, it enters as a one one. One, and it's going to deal one damage for the if it persists. Um, doubling season is very bad for you if you have persist guys in your deck yeah, because... So you get
1: two minus one, minus one. Yeah. And uh, In the case of poor red cap, he will come back to die.
0: Yes, and stay dead that time. This uh,
1: trigger will go on the stack dealing zero damage.
0: The only other thing I want to mention is, and we've already touched on this, but it, uh, Wizards actually has a policy not to mix minus one, minus one, and plus one, plus one counters in sets, but this set is an exception. So, if he is out with a minus one, minus one counter on him and you put a plus ma- one plus one. Yeah, it's masters. And you put a plus one plus one counter on him, they will cancel out as a state-based action, which means he can persist again.
1: Yep. Yay, very popular obviously with the Malira pod deck. Malira right. not allowing your creatures to have minus one minus one counters on them with a sack outlet allows Murderous Red Cap to come back add infinitum until whatever you want dead is dead.
0: Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right, last one. <clears throat> easy. Uh-oh. Changeling. Changeling. It's a, it's a so special
1: that's... kind of ability. Ooh. Ooh. It's a characteristic defining ability. Oh, because it defines a characteristic? <laughs> Normally found printed elsewhere on the card, baby.
2: Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> what
0: characteristic?
1: Creature types. Thank you. Changeling says this is all creature types. And since it is a characteristic defining ability, or maybe it is a characteristic finally, because of this fact, it applies in all zones.
0: And outside Even. the game. Yeah. Even,
1: Even outside, outside
0: the, game. the game. And the only other note I added here was if you have a changeling, it will always prowl. Like <laughs> you always yeah. if you have a changeling and it hits Hit someone, and then you have a creature with Prowl in your hand. You're always going to be prowling.
1: You're always going to be prowling. There's oh, all those that. cost reducers, like the giant spells cost two less to cast. Yeah. The changeling is now going to cost two less to cast.
0: Yup. That was the only one I think of. Yeah. All right, we did it. That's every every keyword ability in Modern Masters. Hooray. Hooray. All right, you guys ready to talk about our emails? I like it. You like it? Okay. I'm good with that, I guess.
1: Email. Yeah. Email. Ooh, I ah, the
0: email. Email. Okay. Our first email comes from Stuart Slough. Slaw, Stuart Slaw, and it's like eight emails in one. So we'll take this one by one. Oh, well, it says, is a lot. Hi guys, I have a few questions for you. First, you have mentioned eight. It, uh, you have an RSS feed on your webpage, but where is it? So we never actually had a direct link on the website to our RSS feed for the podcast. Um, but after he sent this mail, I added one. So if you go to JudgeCast.com, you'll see a nice little RSS icon, and you can subscribe to our podcast from there. And you can use that in iTunes too. I don't know how, but I know it is possible. Great. Great. He says next. I was curious about how you handle handicapped players at competitive events. One player who comes to our him has some physical problems. I don't know the details, but he needs crutches and seems to lack some physical dexterity. Uh, this means that he can't shuffle his deck, so his opponent shuffles his deck for him. Beyond that, he has no problems playing. Uh, would this solution work at competitive event, or would he not even be able to play? It would absolutely work at competitive event. Yeah. Wizards
1: is an equal opportunity employer of players. Employer actually, of players? Yeah, sure, why not?
2: We employ players.
1: <laughs> Usually, not only will they either assign a judge to help the guy out, or if he's cool with his opponent shuffling his deck, we're good with that too. He'll usually also get an assigned seat for the entirety of the tournament if Ooh. he is in any way disabled from movement. Yeah. So he'll go up and he'll mention his disability and the scorekeeper will say, you're at table 71 until you drop.
2: And then uh, I've I've seen with some other events, like the guy will bring a uh, a helper who will just sit there and shuffle for him. And that's fine. I, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen that at smaller events. I haven't seen that at, at a GP, but I can't imagine Nah, there's no and, like, rule against problem that. With it okay just so long yeah. as that person is is very is very clear on what their role is and they don't and quiet yes
1: <laughs> yeah, you usually if someone's going to want to bring a helper at a competitive R.A.L. tournament or talking to you about it, you're the head judge of a PTQ or whatever, you're going to want to have a, a very brief and pointed discussion with the helper on what they can and can't say.
2: Which is not
0: much.
1: Which is not, <laughs> not much. Just, if it's anything to can. do with the game, don't say it. If you are confused, just err on the side of don't say it.
0: All right, he has some, uh, some rules questions now. This is like a, a smorgasbord of emails. It just covers all the topics. Uh, basically, his opponent is uh, casting a dissipate targeting who cares on the stack, and sure. he's casting a redirect targeting the dissipate. Oh no! He understands that you can change the target of dissipate to redirect, yes. but he's not really clear why. You can change it to you can yeah.
1: change the target to another legal target.
0: Yeah,
2: and dissipate is on the stack still. It, yeah. it and, hasn't it hasn't been removed yet, uh, uh, or redirect rather is still on the stack when it is. Uh, uh, when it's resolving I mean yeah. the la- the last the last step in uh, resolving a spell is to put it on the stack so while it's in the middle of resolving it is a legal target yeah that's pretty much it All right, okay
1: when a, when a spell resolves at the end it goes to the graveyard until that
2: point it's still on the stack. Cool. And, and
1: corollary, you cannot make oh. the dissipate target itself.
2: Right. Yes. That is a that is a rule in the comp rules. Spells can't target themselves.
0: He says his next question
2: is because I up. guess it's like crossing. It's like crossing the streams.
0: Right. You yes. Right. Well, what,
2: total protonic reversal.
0: You could do. <laughs> you could do a. Uh, yes. Never. Anyway, uh, his, he says his other question is in, uh, an other judge story. And he says, so at the end of his turn, during his incept, he flashed in a Restoration Angel, which is all, you know, when she enters the battlefield, you may exile target non-angel creature you control, then return that card to the battlefield under your control. Um, he says he's not targeting anything with his ability. So the first thing I responded was, uh, even though it's a May trigger, you still have to choose a target if there is a legal target out there.
2: Yeah,
1: it was real bad beats back in the day when you played like an Illusions deck.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you had the target. Okay, so the opponent flashed in the Restoration Angel, and then um, Stewart here cast, let's just say, Terror, to kill the Restoration Angel after it resolved. Apparently, okay. after that, they had a discussion about whether or not they could cast spells after the Angel resolved, and uh, his opponent was telling him that a level two judge friend told him at a tournament that your opponent has control of uh, your instep and that the only way you could kill the angel was if he had chosen to use the flicker ability. Oh, no, no, no. I don't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is oh. it's some kind of deeply incorrect thought here. And, yes, and, and, for, and for all thought, you
1: judges, this was his... all of the judges listening, if you, you if you have a player come to you and their story begins with, a level X judge told me at to a PTQ, they're probably wrong. <laughs> and a level whatever <laughs> judge might have told them something, they might have had a conversation about it, but it's largely not going to be what the player is trying to get you you
2: to do. Uh, the, a level 2 judge told me something that involved a restoration angel and flickering but mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. Right. Because...
0: Right?
1: Yeah had that wonderful story from that, uh, that that 5K that we had down here of the player trying to argue with you over how Obsidat works and mistriggers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's funny.
1: So
2: yeah. so um yeah so I it's like well I saw on the on the Pro Tour that it worked this uh, no no you didn't no you didn't. <laughs> um, uh, the so...
0: important point here is in the instep both players get priority like it's as simple as that both players have to pass priority on an empty stack in order for us to move out of the instep uh, whether or not they use the Flicker ability whether or not they cast anything doesn't matter you're going to get a chance to cast spells in the instep
2: and, and it's important with, with an empty stack so just because you know say, hey something's on the stack and you say okay I, I pass priority and it resolves that that doesn't count for your passing priority on an empty stack because the stack wasn't empty there was something there so it's basically you and your opponent just kind of both stare at each other and go so we done yeah okay move on okay if you're saying no 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 I, I still want to do something then do it
1: yeah and it's also important to notice, and since this being a judging podcast, the, the communication policy for tournaments is not built around allowing opponents to verbal judo mind trick players into doing stupid things. So, like, say in the end step, he casts the restoration angel, the opponent doesn't say anything, and he goes, okay, would you like to pass priority? And the opponent says yes, and he goes, okay, turnover. No. If, if the player would like to do something, the player can do something. He, he's not going to get baited with a loaded question right. out of being Able to do anything.
0: Right, right. All right, Stuart's so last question is What is a level zero judge? And then basically, my definition of level zero judge is anyone interested in becoming a judge.
1: Anyone, yeah. period.
0: <laughs> well, that's the I'd, I'd say
2: you've got to be expressing a little bit of interest in yeah. running an event. I'm not saying well, you're. Well, rules you don't advisor.
1: necessarily have to be interested in being a judge. You could just be the rules guy at your store that people come sure. and ask questions
0: to. Okay, sure. I'm fine with
1: that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you might not want to run the event at all. You just want to, you know, teach players how suspend works or whatever.
0: And finally, wraps up with, uh, anyway, keep up the good work. I love this podcast and it is one of the ones I look forward to listening to. I enjoy your mix of rules and banter and sometimes go back to listen to old episodes just for the entertainment value. Oh back, my God. I'm going to go do that right now. See you.
2: Yeah. Hey Stuart put put the put the positive things up closer to the top of the email and then you'll probably get a faster response because that's yeah, that's how we prior that's how we prioritize things, Right. <laughs> yeah exactly. The positive stuff. The positive stuff gets uh gets the, real gets the responses faster.
1: Oh yeah. You got to butter the bread.
2: Oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> part of the right. Our next email comes from Soren. Yeah, like this next, guy, this next guy, Soren had it right. Yeah,
0: he says to begin with some initial kisshassery, You all put on an excellent show. It's entertaining, informative, and motivates one to improve the magic community. Woo! Anyway, so uh, yes. a long time ago now, we discussed is it possible at all to get a twelfth gate, a, a uniquely named twelfth gate, yeah. right? So, we always knew. I don't
1: want to talk about it.
0: We always knew you could use Sakashima to get an eleventh gate by copying an animated land, but we never figured so out how to start, get
2: twelfth. 12th- this started with with mazes End, where it yeah, said maze's like end. involving the ability it says if you control at least 10 gates with unique names we we're all like we just kind of like well at least 10 well, how do you do 11 we're like okay well there's 11 is it possible to do more
0: so i've yet to find a way well soren figured it out oh let's see it he did it still,
2: still uses uh sakashima though right it's kind of cheating. no it's hold not on, you're not getting a 12th gate hold on you are oh, yeah, everyone
0: sakashima let me explain it all right no. so say you have Mirror Gallery out, so don't have to worry about the legend rule while i'm talking all right so this (laughs) this isn't exactly what sword said but he he was close enough to get us to the right answer you have lazav out and you have an opponent um has a sakashima out and that sakashima dies so lazav becomes a copy of sakashima Mm
1: -hmm. okay but keeps its name
0: keeps its name as lazav then
1: but now you still only have 11 gates Hold. well then it reanimates the sakashima
0: hold on we're not even done yet because lazav isn't a copy of it anything except sakashima right now then you, you animate a gate whatever who cares how then if you play a clone and as it enters the battlefield choose to copy Lazav, oh right, who has Sakashima's ability, okay, yeah for a second there I was like wait this doesn't work uh, you choose to copy Lazav who has Sakashima's ability, so now you use Sakashima's replacement effect to copy the gate, you get a gate, oh now it's named clone uh, named no. Lazav, Lazav
1: the mastermind or whatever, yeah, yeah
2: Lazav yeah. Demir mastermind, so, so now you have an uh, an unanimated gate named Lazav Demir mastermind, yep and, and you can get and you can play your Sakashima and animate uh, and, and copy the other gate. And there you go. We
0: got And then, gates so there you go. they already Focus. won by then. What? No,
2: they didn't. But, but I'm not done.
0: Hold on. Let me finish. Because... Level I'm just getting started. Level 3 Abe Corson pointed out, once you have this in going, then when Lazav triggers to copy Sakashima, you can use something like Mirror Weave or something to make Lazav a copy of something else, like a Bear Cubs. So, what will happen is... Obviously, Bear cub. You, you have a Bear Cubs Obviously. with Sakashima's ability, and therefore you could have a gate named Bear Cubs by doing the clone trick. So, basically, you could copy any... You could get a gate named almost anything.
2: With Mirror Weave, yeah. With this trick, I, yeah. I want... I I want want to have a deck that gets a a gate named Bearcub. It's theoretically possible. (laughs) Good luck. To get a land land named Bearcub.
0: But uh, I want to thank someone. It seems so obvious now. Why like, why didn't I ever think have Lazav copy Sakashima and then just work from there? Because
2: I think we were trying to steer away from Sakashima because the first one right. involved it. So A- we were was coming
0: up
1: it. with that. He was in that same realm, but we kept naysaying because yeah. it had Sakashima in it.
0: Yeah, when I got this email, I almost just said no because it had Lazav in it. Because so many people had tried Lazav before and it never worked out. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Here we go. Let's answer this age old question. Uh, Uh Oh, we already
2: answered this one.
0: No, you started to say it, but I stopped you. Oh. All right. From Nicholas Childers from Mason, Ohio. He says, love the show. This is the guy we read like three of his emails last episode. I don't think he's even caught up to us yet. Uh, love the show. I started with number one and I'm up to number 51 now. I took my Woo! advisor test because of your show and passed with flying colors. Woo! Woo! Hope he
2: has sunburst. <laughs> to the question. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> Shut up. He asks if I have a one, one creature with undying that has a plus one, plus one counter on it, making it two, two and he blocks a two, two with wither. Does the undying creature return this old chestnut? Here's the thing. If he's up to 51, surely he's heard us answer this by now.
1: Right. The answer is uh, no,
0: no. And for the reasons Brian said, yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, right. it's basically what? When it dies, it still has those counters on it, blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah. Uh, We got another one from Bill. He said he loves the show. Okay. Hi, Bill. Hey, Bill. Bill Brown. He has a quick question about the M14 rules changes, which are effective July 13th, uh, in regards to playing multiple lands. He says, I understand how the rules work, how the rule works, but I wonder how it handles this interaction below. So here's the scenario. It's his first main phase and he controls an Oracle Moldaya, the only card that ever comes up when we talk about the land uh, changes. Right. And she lets you play an additional land on each of your turns. Uh, he has priority and he plays two lands to the Oracle. Then he casts Explorer. Then in response, the opponent Doomblades the Oracle. And after Explore resolves, can he play a third land? No. No.
1: No. Which That's thing? actually the way it's written in the article. I think that exact example is given.
0: Actually, Explore is right. never mentioned in the article. Believe There's some
1: ability that says you can play a land after an Oracle gets bolted. Right.
2: Yeah. So, the, So the game just basically, so what Oracle does is it says you can play an additional land. So the total land count that I can play is two. And I've played two lands. So then Oracle dies, and I, I've got the game says I'm allowed to play one land per turn, and I've played two. Then Explore resolves and says, "Hey, you can now play an additional land, bringing your land count up to two. You've already played uh uh your your two land for turn. Uh, you're done. You can't play yeah. any and but you still get to draw your card. Oh yeah. So two, two explores. Yeah. Yeah. We're not yeah, obviously laughing at that. that in. <laughs> Thanks. No. Oh,
0: obviously. Hey, what are those um what are those cards in in, in Kamigawa block that enchant lands and make them creatures. Oh, the gen- Genjus.
2: Genjus. 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 Genju of the Fens. All right, we're going to do Genju, Genju. of the Fields. Genju. Genju of the Fields was was the one that you could activate multiple times and get the... The life link. Get step. the life link. Yes. Does, does that, does that still work? still trigger uh, Does that still work?
1: Most of the ones that had triggers did not get a out of the life Correct, yeah. Like Armadillo Cloak is still a trigger.
0: Yeah, all of them except the uh, Locks it on Warhammer went back to triggers. Oh, yep, there he goes. It's still... Got Got it. Anyway, of the I was gonna use that, so I didn't have to talk about a spoiled card. Um, we'll still use spoiled it. Spoiled card. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, you know what? We'll just use a spoiled card. Whatever. All right, our next email yeah, is from Jeremy Silva. No relation to what? Jared Silva. Uh, I don't believe it. He's from Columbus, Georgia, so he should come like hang out at my house. Come on, Jeremy. He's nope. not gonna come. He's not. Oh, they never do. Hey, JudgeCast, I've got a quick question about a card I saw on M14 and how it might work with Cackling Counterpart. So Cackling Counterpart puts a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of target creature you control. Sweet. If one were to play. Awaken the Ancient, which is a uh, card from M14. It says Enchant Mountain, and Enchanted Mountain is a 7-7 red giant creature with haste on a steam Vents. then use Crackling Counterpart to uh, put a token targeting steam vents onto the battlefield. Would the token be a 7-7 red mountain island giant named steam vents with haste that could tap for red or blue mana? No, it'll just be a steam vent. Yeah. He has a lot of words here. And then his question is, if so, could I then populate that token for more awakened steam vents? No. Uh, No for everything. Yeah. It's just steam Vents. It's as if you play brand new steam vents from your hand
1: right copy effects are going to basically your your enchantment is giving it effects in later layers it's going to turn it into a creature in layer four it's going to give it a power and toughness in layer seven b uh, i think it doesn't it make it red makes it red in layer five um in layer one it's steam vents when you copy something you just get layer one so yep. that's why you end up with a steam vents.
0: All right, two more. Two more. Next, You're... can you hear my cats? I can. Yeah, my wife decided to come in and let them all in. Cat Yay, cat,
1: cat parade. Kitty, kitty. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> meow.
0: All right. Oh, the kitty cat. Next is from Leonard Carpenter. He says, love the show. Been a long-time listener. Awesome. I mean, that's like the bare minimum niceness someone can be. I'd really appreciate more.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously you have to start with long-time listener, first-time caller.
0: Yeah,
2: We actually got one that was, like, the exact opposite. Like, first-time listener, long-time emailer. We're like, what?
1: <laughs> How do you email without listening? Well,
2: I mean, well he, he was like, I would like to tell you that... I would tell you that your show is great and awesome, but really, it's convinced me that I never want to be a judge. I appreciate what you guys do, but damn. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, uh, yep. <laughs> I accept that.
0: Yep. So, Leonard's question is, what's the ugliest, nastiest, most beat-up card you've permitted to be use in a tournament? And, uh... I told him that the answers for this are probably not going to be very exciting because... If it's nasty, ugly, or beat up, we don't allow it.
2: Yeah, that's pretty I mean, much it. Yeah, if it, if it, if it if it's in a sleeve and you can't tell, you know, yeah, and you can tell that it's a real card and it, and the art on it and the name and stuff like that. Then sure, but odds are that if it's really nasty, really ugly, really beat up, uh, you're going to be able to tell. Yeah, uh, I was saying like from, from I think the side or something like that.
0: The the ugliest card I ever saw was um someone had an six slime once and they and they made it they altered it to be the the grimace from McDonald's that purple blob, but they used like. I, I don't know much about paints, but they just use, like, regular paint, not that, like, thin paint that the altars used, and it just, and it looks like they just kind of puddled it on there. It just looked hideous, and I was just, like, instantly, no, this this one isn't going to fly. No. No, you do.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I've just like you know, cards are like scratched up and stuff like that is probably right. You know, no, nothing that's like you know been dragged around the the men's
0: room floor. Yeah,
2: or anything like, like if there's that.
0: water damage, odds are pretty good you're not gonna be able to play it. You generally can't fix. Yeah,
1: it. Yeah, because it kind of messes with the thickness and random parts of the card. I mean, I I guess I don't really have exciting stories. Like the the coolest cards that I was that I had to disallow. Yeah,
0: yeah, were we have more probably, stories like that.
1: Yeah, we have way more stories like that. I mean, like in that I got like there was a guy at. A legacy GP that had a bunch of cards that he had altered to be foil that were never printed in foil. Oh. yeah, we can't have any of that.
0: No. All right. One last question from Darren Cisneros. He says, hello, Judge Peoples. I am the local rules guy and just finished listening to your layers episodes. My question refers to your Blood Moon and Urberg Tome of Yawgmoth example for dependencies, though it isn't about those cards. My understanding about dependencies is that when the number of objects and ability effects changes, that's what leads to a dependency. So what is your... Yeah.
2: Well, so, so not, not quite. It's it's when, also, when they're in the same layer. I mean, there's there's a list of things that have to, have to pertain. Uh, oh. If the number changes, if the existence of the ability changes, uh there's one other criteria that I escapes my mind at the point but if but the main,
1: ability the, A changes the way ability B is going to apply to object
2: or like like the text or something like that alters the text yeah yeah so, so but they're within the same
0: layer all right well let me ask this question before you explain the answer to this question
2: all right <laughs>
0: with the way i understand the explanation malira and ink moth nexus should work the same way with malira turning off ink moth's infect since it seems like it should behave as a dependency the number of creatures that Malira. There's ability effects changes with ink moss activation. Why does this not work that way? Thanks for your time. Okay.
2: So the again, in the in the Blood Moon, Urborg Tomb of yagmath standpoint, we're we're both dealing with changing the type. Okay. Blood Moon's trying to make all the non-basics into mountains, Urborg's trying to make all the lands into swamps. So they're both trying to change the type. And applying Blood Moon first removes the ability from, from Urborg Tomb of Yogmoth. So there is a dependence. And you apply Blood Moon first. In the Malira and Inkmoth uh case, you're, you're probably looking at that and saying, oh, but but it's becoming a creature, and Malira affects only creatures, so there's a dependency there. it's like, well, not not really, because there's they're functioning when you when you go through the layers and look at the look at where the various abilities apply, there aren't really any dependencies there. Okay. So Ink Moth Nexus' ability that makes it a creature applies in layer five or copy text type four um four and then in six is when uh both Malira tries to remove infect and ink Month nexus tries to give it in ink Month nexus's animation effect tries to give it infect. in that particular case you just use since you just use straight timestamp okay right
1: yeah i mean if that was a dependency then pretty much anything that interacted in a layer would be a dependency like I give, you know, a creature has an ability to set itself as a 2-2, but I play a spell that turns all creatures into 3-3s that would somehow become a dependency. Right, right. And and that's just, that's crazy talk.
0: No, that's just dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Yes, Yes.
1: John, big twenty.
0: Tell them about the Twinkie. What
1: about the Twinkie? All, about Twinkie. all right.
0: Psycho <laughs> If you want to email us, you can email us at judgecast at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash judgecast and follow us on Twitter twitter.com slash judgecast. And you can visit our website at judgecast.com. Everything, there's like yes. a pattern in all of our things. I really feel like you need to do that like dame drops. Like how? Like,
1: like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. It's your main man, CJ Schrader, with judgecast. <laughs>
0: Can you dig it, baby? I know that you can. And Listen, man. And I know man. you
1: can. Listen, man. I know you told me to slide out to them layers. <laughs> I looked at layer three and said, quit playing my emotions, changing text.
2: <laughs> I feel like oh. there's a conversation I'm missing. There is. I see
1: you, boo. I see you, boo. And I see you changing
0: text.
2: I'm not upset that I missed it.
1: Mark Rosewater's laying it down. He's laying it down proper. I'm going to give him a 4.5 out of 5.
0: When I play a creature with bite, I need it to bite back.
1: Mm. Get in here. I know you're seeing it close to the camera. You're making the background all dark.
0: What is it, red crab? Crispy, crunchy? Mmm, peanut buttery. <laughs>
1: All
2: right, so that's youtube.com slash dame drops. But anyway, <laughs> P-A-Y-M. P-A-Y-M. D A Y. What is kind this? this when I'm the straight man? This is horrible. That's every episode. Aw. Oh. Was I right? No, I wasn't even right. <laughs>
0: it's um... Something. YouTube.com slash... Oh, ghetto in in? Oh yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh Turner, thank you for being on.
1: Yeah, no problem, man.
0: You uh you did a lot of things from memory. <laughs>
1: yeah, I do what I can.
0: Like it was like you were reading the show notes, but you were just doing it all from your head.
2: I was
1: on my porch smoking. It was pretty impressive, really. Ah, uh, they don't make me all three for nothing.
2: No. Guess not. No. Well, it was a clerical error, apparently. Yeah. That's what Toby says. That's how it was announced, due to a clerical error.
0: Uh do you have anything you want to plug? Anything you want to talk about?
2: Uh
1: pfft. Come to Miami. Screw that, Vegas. Okay, I will. Yeah, Miami, sweet. Come all to right. Miami. Perlman's gonna go to both. You convinced yeah, me. Yeah,
2: it's gonna be uh, uh, uh even if even if Miami has like some sort of crazy crazy attendance, it's still gonna be like oh, this is easy mode. Oh, you twenty know? sure. two hundred players, easy
0: mode. <laughs> all right. For all the listeners out there, I want to thank you all for listening. My name's Cedar Schrader. I keep it
2: fair. My name is Brian Perlman. I keep it fun. My name is Justin Turner. I keep it grimy.
1: Can you what? Hold it. Hold what? My blanket. Hold your blanket. Just hold it. Yeah, I I'm holding it. I know. It. All right. We'll hold it better. Uh, yeah. Baby Dustin, how much does a gumball cost? How much?
2: $3. $3 wow. Inflation. <laughs> You know, I could play some Altered Beast, speaking of Sega.
1: Oh, that game's and You turn into a freaking lion.
2: Man, when you
0: get become a dragon, you're just like, ain't nothing stopping me now.
1: Right, and then you just fly all over the screen like I had no idea. As a kid, I never beat the first stage. <laughs> and then, like, as an adult, I go back and play. i like, this game's ridiculously easy. And you can turn into, like, a cat. <laughs>
2: that's, best.
1: And, like, it has a different little animated transition for each animal you can turn into.
0: Yeah, like Power Rangers. It's like that same flashing lights.